You are listening to How to Rewrite Your Stars, the podcast that is all about helping you to change those stubborn patterns that seem as firm as the constellations in the sky. Here, you'll find people just like you, sharing their stories of triumph, courage, and hope. How they were able to rewrite the stars in their own life. This is the show for you if you've been looking for that person who overcame, whom you can relate to, or if you're looking for the tools to be able to change your own story. I'm your host, Benjamin Fincher, a life coach and mentor who's been working on self-mastery since I was nine years old. Join me now as I welcome another phenomenal guest to have them share their story with us today. Today's episode is sponsored by Starlight Mentoring. Welcome back to another week of How to Rewrite Your Stars. I'm your host, Benjamin Fincher, joined today by Alejandra Rojas. How's it going today, Alejandra? Great. How are you? Doing well. Alejandra is a finance professional and money mindset expert helping new entrepreneurs to become the most profitable version of themselves using her highly effective MESS method. After reaching rock bottom when money burnout reactivated an old life-threatening sickness again, she knew she had to design a method to prevent this from happening again. Now, ever since, Alejandra and her clients have been crushing goal after goal in life and in business, from traveling and dream weddings to more income and ease with money. Alejandra is always on the move, soaking in the beauties of the world, and she shares tons of gold nuggets on her podcast, The Happy and the Wealthy Podcast. Awesome. Reminds me of an episode that aired a couple weeks ago with Daniel Adams. He's all about profitability, too, and... You know, he focuses on a holistic approach and I I don't try and make themes, but it's cool what I notice <laughs> that start to come out. I'm like, huh. So seems like we're talking about profitability. Of course, <laughs> thinking about it, that was a couple of weeks ago as of record time. When the episode actually comes out, it'll have been months ago. <laughs> oh, <and> yeah. <laughs> uh, the interestingness of having a queue with recorded right. podcasts. <laughs> well, awesome. Enough about that stuff. Tell us about yourself, Alejandra. Like, yeah. Where are you from? Where, where'd you start? Where, what just, who were you before I... you were the awesome? Well, the more awesome version of yourself. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, um, like you said, I am Alejandra Rojas. I'm a finance professional um, and self-called money mindset expert only because I love to really see the behavior, human behavior with money and constantly looking the ways that we can change perspectives and shift mindsets so that you can welcome uh, that flow like easy flow with money um so yeah i'm originally from colombia south america have awesome. um lived in the u.s for the past like what seven years now um but right now i'm recording from the netherlands so that's about nice. my intro right so I, I i travel a lot um and just i just love to explore all around the world um and i love just you know enjoying life like taking one day at a time um one beauty after another one and and just try to share these um you know, message and also methodology uh, that gives people more life than money can take away. Mm -hmm. I actually had a really interesting experience talking about giving more life yesterday. So I just started getting into making crock pot meals and I didn't realize how long ago I bought this chicken. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> um, you, I can see you can already see, and the listeners can tell where this is going to, I'm sure. Um, it turns so basically, what happened is I made this one crock pot meal at the beginning of the month. It was on the fourth, and I thought it was just last Tuesday, which okay. at this point, we're like the 22nd, 
of the month. So it is very much not just last Tuesday. Right. <laughs> um, and so I'd planned on making more crockpot meals, you know, that week and the week after, and even the week following, which ended up being this week, and it was Friday by the time I finally got around to it, two and a half weeks later. And I pulled this out of the fridge, and I'm like, hmm... I check in with my intuition. I'm like, no, this one's bad. Nope. Just, nope, <laughs> nope, nope, nope. And I had the thought. You know, the, there there was a couple of thoughts in my head. There was the one like, it'll probably cook out whatever's bad in it. Save those $5. <laughs> right. And the other thought was, you know, that's probably one of the reasons the rich people live longer is because they throw away <laughs> questionable food and don't try and save money by eating it. I'm going to choose to be like a rich person today. <laughs> so I threw it out. So All right. There wasn't any issue. And with everything that happened, I didn't have enough time to actually cook the meal yesterday. So I'm going to cook it tomorrow. And nice. My wife's super excited because she really loved how the other one turned out. But but just yeah. that adding more life, you know? Right. Right. It, it, and sometimes it, it's adding, sometimes it's not subtracting, right? Right. And 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 it's funny what you just said about probably that's why rich people live longer. I and and this is part of what I do. I debunk those beliefs because who told you the rich people live longer or no? It's just a it's just a human like you either live longer or not for many reasons, especially for for the way that you eat. Uh, but it has nothing real substantial to do with being rich or not. But that's what we think often, right? That's mm -hmm. like the mindset that it's linked. So that's what I do. It's like going back to the roots and say, okay, why do you think that way? I mean, if you want to eat good food, just eat good food, but a kind of debunking those beliefs are my thing. And the way that I see it and have fun with it is to catch myself doing exactly what you did. Like throwing the foot like sometimes it just comes naturally like me saying I don't know I, I was talking with my mom I think last week and I saw a horrible furniture on my house I'm like I, I, I'm so done with this like the, the piece of furniture I'm so done with it but if I can just make it until the next month I know that I will find something better and that is time to throw it away and my mom like just asked me like for how long have you been feeling this way that you don't want that future in your house and I'm like <laughs> you're right you're right I'm making it about the money when it's not about the money it's me not really taking the decision of I'm done with you like let's just move on from it <laughs> nice yeah and I think it is interesting too how there's all these preconceived notions of how mm -hmm. rich people act. And another gal that her episode aired a few months ago, Eileen Joy, she mentioned, um, oh, God, what was it? <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, her, her kid came to her and was like, Hey, mom, rich people are greedy, right? Mm. And she's been very deliberate about her money education with her child. And she's just like, where did you learn that? Those words have never crossed these lips. Where did you learn that? And she's like, have you learned it right. in a cartoon? Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's something that, and and this is why I started my journey, Um, because when we go in automatic pilot we just like eat all that our brain just eats that that's the information that we have money doesn't grow on threes like do you think that you are rich like you need to save like save for the rainy days like you are pre predetermined that it's going to be a rainy day that you're gonna have a struggle even before it happens 
and when you just go about life turning that like that automatic pilot on you don't realize how damaging it is for especially for entrepreneurs especially for people that wants to make a like take the lead on their businesses because we are waiting to somebody like for somebody else to tell us this is what you can do or this is what you cannot do because mm -hmm. of money condition right yeah which then just severely limits us and makes it so we don't become rich because we don't actually question the beliefs we have correct correct and you look at lottery winners and you're like okay well at the time of the lottery winning they were very rich now usually within two three four five years after said lottery winning event they are worse off than where they started because they didn't have the money mindset to match the money they had correct yeah you have said it um and i think this is one of the things that uh, most of people believe that all that I need is to win the lottery. And <laughs> it's just, it's, it's not like we have an amazing brain that is trying to keep you alive every single time. And part of your brain's job is to give you the same routines, same habits, same beliefs that have kept you here today alive. So if you are not upgrading that mindset, that perspective, those beliefs and habits, when the money comes, like if today you have never been near $10 million, if $10 million come today, you are just going to hurt yourself because a lot of that emotional layer of money, like I, I, I like to call it, all of those stories will come to the surface. You are going to mismanage that money and you are going to end up on a place where feeling more guilty, more shame because you had the money, you didn't know what to do with it. And now you're in a worse position uh, mental wise. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can definitely relate to that with myself and my wife. <laughs> not the 10 million part but the <laughs> windfall of a couple thousand dollars and then i blink and i'm just like right. hey where'd the money go and she's like oh uh i don't know and i'm just like how do you spend money that quickly <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it, it happens it happens a lot and and i'll tell you what um a little bit of my own personal story so I am a finance professional. I study finances and I've been really, I just love numbers and finances. Like this is my love language numbers, right? Um, <laughs> I, 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 like, seriously, I used to go, instead of going out with my friends when I was a little one, I used to help my parents. Both of them are accountants just with invoices and stamping and stuff. Like that's, <laughs> that's the kind of thing that I do. Oh, <laughs> so, nice. Nice. Yeah. So I, I really lo love this. And when I got my job in corporate, when I started to make the money up to that point, in my mind, the only solution was I need more money. When I started to make the money, like all of these stories, all of the broken money mindset, all of the my bad relationship with money started to show to the point that I ended up in a money burn that I got sick because I was just following the next amount of money. How much money do I need to do X, Y, and Z and, and to keep up? with something that it wasn't me, it wasn't myself. So to me, it's it's very interesting what people say, I just need to get better with money. And it refers to as the strategy, as just budgeting, as just um, like dieting on expenses, because I know I have that. Like as a, as a finance manager, it works great for a corporation because a corporation, you put a budget, and you manage it beautifully. But when it comes to human beings, we have feelings attached to money. 
we have lack, we have uncertainty, we have all type of shit coming on every single time with money that we cannot overpass. And that's when money mindset work and that's when upgrading beliefs and healing with money comes around. So I think that to me, this is more than just teaching people like, hey, let's just get you rich because that's just empty for me. It's more about what you said. It's like, okay, let's start changing that perspective. Like, oh, why did you spend all that money? Maybe now it's time to talk about where we want to go and what do you believe is going to happen uh, now that we are having this, all this money coming. Yeah. I'm just big nodding my head over here with all this. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners can't see that, but basically all that. I was just like, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, you know, for my wife's sake, you know, she's made improvements and she's been like, okay, like, I don't know what I'm doing here. Like, how do I figure this out? And it's opened up the door to talk about it. Um, but even myself, I'm just like, okay, like, I've got all these money crap stories. Like, how do I get past those to where, like, I'm profitable and living profitably instead of living in debt? Get right. And just admitting it out loud. I haven't actually really admitted that I'm living in debt out loud. It's interesting. I think there's an energetic shift that happens when you finally admit something out loud. Absolutely. Absolutely. 100 percent and that's the emotional layer that we're talking about yeah because um it is not allowed still that it's not widely allowed to talk about money and to talk about debt well, especially it's, it's... you know your parents raise you and you know in my case there was religious teachings with it which you know okay yeah that's bad stay out of it but then you're like oh well, what if i can leverage it like this and, what if, and you like don't understand it enough and don't have the right money stories enough and then you're just like oh how big is that whole number and not right. hw and not w-h-o-l-e <laughs> just h-o-l-e <laughs> <laughs> how big is that whole number yeah yeah it's um <laughs> It's a combination of both. It's a combination of getting smart with money, um, obviously the strategy, and it's a combination of upgrading um, and healing that emotional story with money. Because what happens is that um, as a human beings, we take decisions with money more with our emotional brain than with our neocortex, with the logical brain. And the reason why is because you need to survive. Money, it's a tool to survive in today's economy. So if constantly you're making decisions, emotional decisions with your money, there gets a point that you don't even want to look at it. It's like, okay, I'm not going to look at it because I I mean, I need to continue living, so I'm not going to look at it. And that's when debt comes in perfectly like banks have made a wonderful job of marketing debt because it's closing that gap it's like you don't have to worry about it right now you can just make the purchase (laughs) and go about it again right (laughs) it reminds me um a couple of months ago i was playing some video games with some friends i was playing with at the time and we were just chatting in our voice chat this one friend was playing a game and it was elden ring for those that know how difficult that is you know it's a really hard game and we're like hey hey stop playing that come over and play this other game with us and he's like no no no, like i'm in the middle of this thing and we're like no 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 just pause it that's a problem for future you (laughs) he's like okay fine yeah i'll just pause it it's a problem for future me we we finish playing the other game that we play he hops back in and then he opens it up he's like wow <laughs> we're like oh that was a problem for future you right 
and we do that with money all the time we're just yeah. like hmm i yeah. could figure this out now or i could just make this a problem for future me swipe right right <laughs> and it's, then later uh... it pops up again we're just like ah <laughs> Yeah, and then and then future you cannot get away from it anymore. So that's when when things come around, and that has to do a lot with uh, money trauma. Uh, not many people talks about that, but uh, now yeah, has has hearing that right it totally now, makes sense. Yeah, yeah. It, it it now it's taking a little bit of more structure. We have great uh, financial psychologists that are making all of the research, are making uh, you know all of the scientific process that uh, needs to happen so that uh, they start recognizing financial trauma, money trauma as it is. But we all have financial trauma. Like if you grow up in a house where your parents barely could make um, for shopping, for groceries, or they were stressed out all the time, that creates a trauma within yourself. Or if they acted that way, even if it wasn't that way. Right, because they are repeating <laughs> the trauma that they saw their home in their home, right? So la I think last week, was it last week or this week? I don't remember. But when one of these two weeks I was with a client where and I I have shared this story so much. So like uh, I've been in, in many um um podcasts this week and last week. So if you heard me somewhere else saying this story, just bear with me. But um she we were really getting down into why for her was so difficult to price out an offer she absolutely i work with female entrepreneurs mostly so she mm -hmm. absolutely had a hard time pricing out offers even though that she knew that she had to price out that is not a point that she can give for free anymore so we were trying to figure out what what was happening and in order for us to figure that out we have to go into the, the deeper layer with money or the financial um the emotions with money and and you know to see how she grew up with money. So it turns out that on this exploration we find out that one time when she was uh, on the table waiting for mom and dad to do something, her sister was next to her and uh, she told um, my client, it's like, I broke my glasses again. I don't know who I'm going to tell my parents because they um, had bought a pair of glasses for his sister just a week before that. Oh, wow. So the sister, like, stand up and show to the dad hey dad i broke my glasses again and the dad just started crying like crying so much and stand up from the couch where he was and went to mom and say how are we gonna do this like i don't know how we're gonna do this and that was the first story that is still she is now four years old it's still she remembers very vividly this story with money that was the moment when she knew what money was what money was for and the lack of it and that really started to shape a behavior to shape like those feelings with money that that lack mentality that shame that guilt that uncertainty of am i going to have enough and it wasn't something that happened to her it was not like she was the sister, but she was there in the moment when everything happened. So really stories with we all have some financial trauma, whether your parents had money and they lost it, whether we were denied something and your mom told always that your mom, dad or caregiver, the excuse was always like, well, we don't have money for that. We don't have money for that. When we are kids, it's very, very serious that we take that. We don't have money, right? Um, so we, at, at some extent, we all have those financial traumas. There are eight specific um, money disorders that they have been um, 
researching about an encounter, but for you to have, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, Dr. Clowns, uh, he is actually big in TikTok, so you're gonna find it a short way. Uh, like he is, oh man, I, I, I like his vibe. But um, the uh, Clowns brothers, they have done research about this because people are not paying attention that this is a big problem for society when you are not able nobody talks about it right exactly when you're not able to talk about what hurt with money you create and perpetuate these behaviors and this is why we see all the financial struggle yeah well and you know as you're describing that experience that happened to your client it's you know, I've got a couple of various memories swirling in my mind and nothing that was like as impactful as that. But I'm like, I think it was just a lot of little things. You know, you can't eat the granola bars without asking for them because they cost money. You can't, um, you know, have soda without asking. Right. Because, And I think there was a little bit of like health stuff like health right. programming there too, but like I, it was also money. And <laughs> I think I shared it in a different episode, but it reminds me of the incident where I secreted away six cans and hid them under my pillow as I drank them. <laughs> Later it was discovered and they were like, why did you steal? <laughs> it's not great money right. programming for a six-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, well, because you weren't going to give it to me otherwise. <laughs> and mm. just you know, various experiences like that and like you know being at the store never being able to have anything you wanted and not being given an allowance and knowing other kids are given an allowance right and you know whether it's right or wrong or how it was portrayed you know it's all kind of this that and the other but it's how we interpret it as kids, which we're not great at doing. Right, right, right. And the thing is that I don't believe that it's a right or wrong story. It's your story. Your parents did the best that they could with what they had. And they had their own stories, right? There is no right or wrong per se. What happens is that when you have a vision that you want to achieve, when you want to do different and you know that that's where you want to go and your current beliefs, behaviors with money are not serving you, then it is time to change. Whatever happened, happened. But now that you have that awareness that you have want something different, it is your responsibility to change that so that you can achieve that. Because if there is people in this world doing and showing you that it's possible to get to where you want to like be or do then why are you limiting yourself like the limitation is clearly in like in your mind it's inside of you right and once you figure that you have some limitations you can start changing um not not changing is not the right word you, you can start adapting new elements to enhance your story I don't believe you need to change your story. I don't believe that is a right or wrong um, money story. This needs to be just new elements so that you can arrive to the vision that you have. Yeah. Well, you know, if I was to have a chemistry guy on with us right here talking, you know, they'd probably agree that when it comes to certain things, you just need a catalyst for the change. And you take what you have already that isn't necessarily getting you the results you want, but you add a catalyst and all of a sudden, boom, you got elephant toothpaste or whatever. Right. <laughs> yeah. You, you've got this inert something that in essence is weighing you down. And then you add something else, you know, a little bit of heat uh, to these couple of weird things you've got together. You know, you got a lot of rust in your story. And then all of a sudden you've got thermite after you add heat. <laughs> right, right. And and the thing is that with money stories, what is interesting is that once you 
like go back a little bit and and kind of show that little you of seven like hey they didn't let you take the sodas not because it was not enough money it was because just simply mom and dad didn't want you to drink all that soda once you understand that and heal that little patch in the way so oh now you can see different opportunities because that is the power of doing money mindset work you're gonna start seeing the different opportunities so before doing the work you may be stuck on we just need to get a hundred dollars more we we don't know if we're gonna have for uh the next month and like i don't know if i can charge that much like who is gonna pay for my prices like who am i to do this um, that will be you before work, but after money mindset work, it's like, okay, like whatever. Like I, I can have a thousand ways that money can come in this week. And if no, we can try this and we can try that. And that's about it. And it's just going just a little bit on the past um, in an, of course, a structured way, like in a way that you can actually see what's happening and move on from it, understand it in a different way and then come back and say, it is a whole new opportunities that I didn't see here. Cool. So c- can it be as simple as just like visualizing your now self talking to your young self and being like, okay, here's what happened, the breakdown, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, maybe come from, I don't know, is it better than emotional or an intellectual aspect? Yeah. So here's the thing and, and what it's so interesting is because when you are in the jar you cannot see the label right when you are in yourself you can see those stories <laughs> so right so this is why um it's highly recommended to work with a coach with um a, somebody that can guide you through the process because mm-hmm. you are used to saying those stories and not hearing this yourself like i said my mom caught me out on it I couldn't, I couldn't like, because it's on myself, on my body. It's like, she heard and she caught me on that. So when you want to have a financial transformation, we know specific clues on the way, on the way that you feel, on the way that you talk. Say, okay, here's a story. Like, why are you believing that you you can do this work on your own? However, the most, um, like the biggest um, stories, you're not going to be able to just find it like at one time, two times, or like by your own, because it's your story. It's talking as you. This is who you are. You don't know any different. Um, so yeah, I, I think what we do is that we start giving a guidance say okay let's pay attention or what I do with my clients for their work on their own is like this week let's pay attention how many times do you say this about money how many times do you feel about this way and that's when on their own they can't um, bring that awareness to what they do but until you don't point out until somebody out of the jar don't point out that hey this is happening mm-hmm. it's difficult for you to see it yeah yeah I, I totally agree with that it makes sense because you know when i mentor people it'll be like oh um yeah here's the thing they'll be like what right <laughs> right. like when you know what you're looking for you're just like were you aware of like the things <laughs> that are going on here like that seems really no bueno were you aware of that and then you're just like, <laughs> aware of what <laughs> <laughs> yeah and you yeah. point it out and they're just like what the heck have i been doing so, wow exactly yeah that's um you know this it's like personal development in itself it's a constant work in progress you always find stuff you always mm-hmm. go deeper and deeper on it um you can do it on your own but at some point we all have to like okay that is that like there is a wall here that I don't know what it is. Uh, just please help me out to look for it. Right. And, and that's the interesting thing with personal development and self-mastery is, is like, you have to do the work, mm-hmm. but you have to be aware of what the work to do is. 
<laughs> right, right, correct. And you can get a lot from books, but would you try and learn driving only from a book? Yeah. Hmm. Or would it be better to have somebody in the car directing you on how to do things? Ignoring <laughs> the legality of that for a moment. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which one yeah. would you choose? <laughs> yeah. And, and and it's funny that you put that example because driving becomes a subconscious thing as well. Like sometimes oh, yeah. we are we are driving and we don't like oh wait i'm driving and then you're <laughs> right. just like wait how'd i get here yeah exactly so it, that's exactly what happens with money because you see it all the time you like it is almost always there <laughs> like you cannot escape from it it becomes subconscious and that's the work that you have to do and that's the reason why you don't realize what you're doing because it has become um on, on the back of your mind what Okay, I just came up with a crazy way to use that example. We were all taught how to drive our money cars as kids. And most of us keep crashing <laughs> and think it's normal. <laughs> because that's what taught us said. <laughs> Is there, you know, we're right. driving along and then... <laughs> yep, money doesn't grow on trees. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> <laughs> see what you know i'm not a rockefeller or you know all these things and they're just like yeah. oh my gosh <laughs> I, and those become the key phrases that it's like be sure to check your mirrors be sure to be aware of what's going on around you it's like money doesn't grow on trees right you know, what do you think i'm made of money and all these garbage phrases that we adopt to be our roadmap yeah and we're just like, okay, they said to make sure to stay out of debt. So I need to focus on debt, 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 debt. <laughs> crash, 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 ah, crash. Yeah. We yeah. understand the psychology of, yeah, I, I, I learned this on a TV show with, uh, I think it was called Postcards from Buster. It was based off the Arthur cartoon. And he was quotations learning how to ride a bike he's a cartoon character and the guy teaching him who's a real life person was like yeah don't focus on where you don't want to go if you focus on the rock in the trail you're gonna hit the rock and it illustrates it in the cartoon he's like and he's talking to himself. He's like, okay, okay, I'm going down the trail. And what did he say? He said, focus on the rock. No, no, don't focus on the rock. Ah! <laughs> he crashes his bike. Right. And that's what we do, right? That's right. Like, don't focus on debt. That's bad. That's bad. Debt, 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 debt. Crash, crash, crash. <laughs> Why do I keep crashing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's um because our subconscious don't understand about like don't or don't do this like if you think mm -hmm. about if i tell you right now don't think about trees you have to think about the tree to erase the three uh, the tree of your head it's i was already thinking of elephants when you started saying <laughs> that because that's the example that's always used right right <laughs> don't think about exactly elephants. and just don't by saying the example before and you said trees and i was thinking of elephants <laughs> yeah that's that is exactly how the how our minds work so now don't think about dead like dead is bad so let me go and see what dead is so i can prove if it is bad or not and because mm -hmm. you lack of financial literacy or education or simply your emotions override your habits then you are in a real financial distress moment so it it, it is complex but it's beautiful complex to me it's beautiful it's a beautiful complex because it's like really it, cool patterns right exactly i know <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> i know yeah. i know i know <laughs> oh how true it is.
And you know it's very true because I can't stop laughing because there's so much emotion behind it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> what if we just focused on money? No, money's bad. Money's the root of all evil. Okay, they said money's the root of all evil. I'm driving along. Money. Don't turn there. <laughs> <laughs> debt, debt, debt crash. All right. <laughs> yeah but hey we we have now um you know now that you are listening to this if you are driving that car now you know that it, it can be different it should be different it doesn't have to be that difficult um once you figure once you detach yourself from that emotional overriding and actually start learning how to manage the tool because that that's that's it money is just a tool to get you somewhere mm. before it was a, a an exchange before you didn't even have money you didn't have coins it was just exchange between communities you give me these i give you that to survive um it's just a tool that you need to learn how to manage but um often emotions override that behavior and yeah what like we said those beliefs it just continue uh those walls like attracting you to crush well and to give a different example that just illustrates how powerful emotions are um i've got a i'm trying to think if i should how many details but i think it should be fine to just say this like i've got a gym personal training contract that something happened with my trainer and they had to step out from trading me and I'd signed up for basically a year-long contract, but in two six months, like two two six months contracts. Mm -hmm. And so the second one, I never even used any of that with this trainer. And so I've been trying to figure out how to get it canceled. And I've been just ruminating on it, just stewing with it for weeks, trying to figure out ways on my end without actually talking to the gym to fix it. And none of them have worked. And so it just adds to the emotion pool. It's like, oh my gosh. And so when I finally go to write an email to the support, you know, in the chat, I was like, I could feel there was a lot of emotion there, but I kept it nice. And they're like, oh, sorry, we can't help you. Actually, need to email these guys. And I'm just like... Mm -hmm. thank you and then i write the email to those guys and i just let it loose i'm a nice guy and i was super mean in that email like if somebody that knew me saw what i wrote they'd be like what in the world All right how did that come out of you All right <laughs> and like it's not like super 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 bad you know i wasn't like name calling but man it was a lot of emotion i was mad and as i'm typing it i'm like this doesn't feel like me i don't like this i want to revisit right. this later and i'm like they're typing i'm like i want to not send this i want to like do what they say and when you write an angry email step away and then come back right. and then i hit send <laughs> as i'm mentally yeah. telling myself i don't want to send this this right. doesn't feel good this doesn't feel like me this does not feel like a good way to get this resolved and my emotions were just like nice one yeah <laughs> send <laughs> right right that's that's what happens yeah so as much as intellectually we're telling ourselves until we address the emotions what does it matter it doesn't We'll be telling ourselves as we're going, doing our sports spending. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it, really? it really. Stop. Don't swipe the card. Put that back. Swipe. No. It... <laughs> Listen, the, the biggest challenge for everybody is to be in a position where they are not have engaging in unhealthy behaviors with money or in, for that matter, in everything, unhealthy behaviors with everything right. <laughs> because of an emotion. You are either trying to feel something or avoiding to feel something. Mm -hmm. So either way, you are feeling. 
<laughs> something, right? So that is the biggest challenge for all of us. Now, there are some things that, like I said before, it will take you closer to your vision. And there are some things that you must definitely need to change if you want to get there. But at the end of the day, we just want to feel. That's it. That's the human experience. We want to mm -hmm. feel something. We don't want to feel sad. We don't want to feel frustrated. We want to feel all these other things, We're right? Emotional people. Right. In a good way. <laughs> <laughs> we just often yeah. don't feels so it ends up in a bad way yes exactly I, I mean you take the movie inside out the basically the whole premise of the movie if you really boil it down is girl didn't want to feel sad and because she didn't want to feel sad and ignored it she runs away from home and then finally feels sad and then is like oh i don't actually want to run away i want to like be connected to people but now i can feel my other emotions because i actually felt sad <laughs> yeah like sorry if that was spoilers for somebody i mean that movie's <laughs> been out for like eight years maybe six i don't know but like <laughs> yeah it, it just goes to show like, that's the power of emotion is there could be something completely reasonable completely intellectually sensical and if our emotions don't line up we will entirely ignore it all right. Yeah. And again, I, I'm just starting this all back to money, but it's because what I do. But um, the reason why is because your logical brain don't take decisions. It's your emotional brain, your limping brain and your survivor brain. Like your logic asks for permission to your emotions to take decisions so if you are seeing something that makes sense but you don't feel right you're not gonna take that decision and now that you know that next time that you're gonna take a decision you're gonna be more aware of okay who is taking this decision does this make sense or i don't feel good about it like who is riding the bus in here most of the times, 95% of the times, is your emotional brain talking because they are not going to put you in a situation that it's going to hurt you again. It's going to threat your survival. Your belief of how that Correct. Yeah. Correct. It's like to avoid hurt, we need to do the exact same thing we've done. Okay, Gary, what does that look like again? <laughs> It looks like dead. All right, Gary. Thank you. Let's go ahead. <laughs> right, right. And 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 we just see it often, like more and more and more, because especially with pandemic, we were like, okay, they put us uh like nobody can go out, and there is this fear outside, and the financial distress because you didn't know how to do anything else other than I I need to feel like I'm doing something. What do I do when I'm doing something? Either spending money, going out, doing something, right? So that's why online shopping went up to the roof because you didn't know how to manage that emotion. And then, okay, what is that you do normally to feel that you're doing something out of the house you buy things you like you, you kind of have the sense of buying things so that's that just to show the emotion overrides every logic because if you are not going out of the house you don't need to buy things to go out of the house right and then you overcompensate because you're not in the exact same situations. So you're like, okay, let's do just a little bit more just to make sure we're still good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even though you yeah. could have spent way less, it's still have been good. Just a little bit uncomfortable, maybe. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Uncomfortable. Hmm. Oh, that thing that we're taught since childhood to avoid at all costs, basically. Hmm. <laughs> Yes, exactly. Mm. 
how much more can I mm, this before it's right, before like okay right. yeah let's work on this let's be uncomfortable and dude I know it and I don't like it yeah I, I don't think anybody it's likes it uncomfortable <laughs> by the definition of the word yeah yeah I don't think anybody it's uh it's an uncomfortable work um it's time consuming it is challenging for like every part of yourself I don't think anybody likes to go and feel the pain again anybody likes to relieve those things I don't think anybody likes to be aware that they have to do the work in constant like it's a work in progress uh, like I work in this. I do it for myself. And sometimes I work I'm like, shit, I need to work on this again. Like I like I thought I already went past that. Like, why is this coming up again? So every time that you work in something, maybe it's the it's the same story. Every time that you peel one layer of that story, uh something happened and triggered again. And there you go again. It's this same story coming up. Like, why is this coming up again? But it is uncomfortable to know that you have to be willing to do the work. It is uncomfortable to know that sometimes you have to challenge and face your own beliefs, but also your family's beliefs, your mom, mm -hmm. your dad, your, I mean, it, it is an uncomfortable work, but if you want different, it's a work that needs to be done. Yeah. It, and, you know, we could talk about generational stuff, Right. I was told at one point that my great-grandfather, who was born in Germany and ended up having his estate moved to, well, become part of Lithuania, because that's where it was, and yada yada blah blah history, but I was told that when he was in the German army, he happened to be in the area and saw his family's estate blown up by Russian artillery. It's not a good money story. Wow. <laughs> now, right. when I was just talking with, you know, my grandma, who's his daughter and her husband, my grandpa, they said that he wasn't in the area at the time. And I haven't done the research yet to be able to figure out if he actually did or didn't. But regardless, I believe that that happened. Right. So it doesn't matter if it did or didn't. Right, right. And I get to work through that and say, okay, well, how am I going to interpret that? Am I going to allow that to make my money story a lot worse and prevent me from moving forward? Because, well, if I make something, it's just going to be blown up. Right. Yeah. And that's a whole new chapter on money <laughs> stories, which is a generational right um that but here's a good thing that it can end with you now that you're aware of oh, it yeah. oh yeah it's a lot of work to be a chain breaker but that's what i signed up for <laughs> right <laughs> right like that's it that's the positive part that i always tell everybody um it's gonna be a lot of work for you because your grandparents and your parents decided not to work on it but now that you are aware of it and now that you have that responsibility just know that generations to come are gonna thank you for it <laughs> yeah well it makes me remember too it, there's also a hard resolve in my family of you pay the people who you borrowed from or you said you were gonna pay because that same great-grandfather and that same grandpa um, went in together on a hardware store uh, or a building supply store or whatever it was. And ultimately it ended up, you know, it supported them for years. And then at the end of their time with it, they barely were able to make ends meet to be able to pay all the people that they owed. Mm. but they were determined and they had somebody tell them they're like dude it's better just to declare bankruptcy just you know have it solved there and they're like no that's not how we roll so you know there's not only bad money stories and that one's debatable too but you know 
I feel like too often, especially generationally, only the bad stuff gets looked at. And, you know, even <laughs> with just ourselves, only we, it's like, man, money stories, ugh. And you don't look at, right. oh, wait, I was also told, like, you know, make sure your income exceeds your expenses. And we just focus on the expenses more than the income. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, we're told good things too. And I feel like that's worth mentioning, even if it's not the thing we need to necessarily address. Or maybe it is. We just focus more on the good stories, you know, up until the point where we have to work through the bad ones. Right. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) No, and and you're completely right. And and to the point that I was making before, I don't think there is a right or or wrong money story. You Mm -hmm. made it work with what you had. Um, It's context. uh, Like, you have to put context into it for that context for the outcome that you wanted to have at that point that story made sense but if it is not serving you to where you want to go then you have to you know see how you can shift it because it's not serving you anymore and that's the problem with generational stories that you take the context out you just hear this story and it's just like, oh, well, so <laughs> like, like we have always been poor, like that's it. But what if you miss the part that having the level of income that they are telling you right now, it's quote unquote poor, was back then for your grandparents actually normal? Like yeah. they live comfortable or that's what they wanted to like. Give me the whole context. You cannot because you didn't live with them. So mm-hmm. now you have to change that. Well, and even it, just after mentioning that story about the estate and thinking about, okay, how can I shift this? I can shift it to, okay, my family is wealthy enough that we have estates. Correct. And then, you know, to address the part of it getting blown up, I can be like, and some people do terrible things, but my family is wealthy enough. We have estates. Right. And, he, and, and here's we a, roll yeah. with the punches because that's exactly what my great-grandfather did. I look up to him so much because, holy shnikes, he went through the gambit. He went through the gauntlet. He came out the other end and was looking out for his family and did it. And managed with money. The, Okay, wait a second. Oh my goodness, this didn't even occur to me. The, wow, wow, wow. Okay, give me just two seconds. Okay, this is wow, wow, wow. Okay, like you're gonna wow. Where is this? Um, where was it? Yeah. Okay. We, after they immigrated to the United States. When they were sponsored, which means people look out for them, they lived in Beverly Hills. <laughs> How have I not realized that yet? <laughs> My family has lived in Beverly Hills. Holy shnikes. Right. <laughs> Wowzers. Wowzers, wowzers. <laughs> you know, you go from having an estate to living in Beverly Hills after your estate's blown up because you get a better thing. Oh my goodness gracious. There you go. I'm sure you see this all the time in your client sessions. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And you know what do you do there? The, the we value were talking... of a coach, folks. <laughs> <laughs> exactly what we're while we were talking before. Once you do this work, you're open to see different possibilities. Dude, that has got me tickled pink right now. I'm like <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> My family lived in Beverly Hills, man. <laughs> and that, so, so the way it worked is his great uncle or uncle or whoever it was, you know, my great grandfather, his whoever uncle was, it, it was a requirement for somebody to immigrate from Germany to have a sponsor in the States that would get them a place to live, get them a job and a handful of whatever else. So that it wasn't just migrating people and get, you know having problems right. because they didn't have something to do. And 
so he did that. He sponsored him and said, okay, here's the, you know, co- come across the whole States. We're in California, blah, blah, blah. And they, he gave him the house and my great grandfather paid him back through the job he had. He paid back. He owned a house in Beverly Hills. Well, <laughs> oh my goodness. It's reframing it. And once you become willing to reframe it, bam. Happened right here. So listeners, you can't say it's not possible. (laughs) (laughs) You're just not willing to do it, which I haven't for a long time. And I right here because talking with you on a hand, but I'm just like, okay, like, because I've talked about the estate story before on the podcast, but I wasn't willing to look at, okay, what other ways can I say this? Granted, I didn't know that particular bit about Beverly Hills until like two weeks ago, but, or actually it was last week, but, wow. Wow. That's it. Now, now imagine how your brain is going to see now different. It's like putting new lenses. Like my family actually live in Beverly Hills. Like that's a different point of view than it got blown up. It's yeah. totally different. It, and, you know, comparing the two, I don't know which one is more valuable, which one was this, that, the other, blah, blah, blah. But the situation regardless of the monetary value of the property the situation wasn't great they were in territory they got trampled by russians i would rather live in beverly hills than in an area that gets trampled by Russians, <laughs> <laughs> even if it's a smaller place right yeah and and really what matters right now is how you are interpreting that yeah the emotion that you had, that I had the pleasure to see, you <laughs> listeners just just are going to hear about it. Uh, but that is what is valuable for your own personal journey. Yeah. I might have to snip this clip and put it on video because, yeah. I, was, <laughs> I, I wasn't watching the camera, but I know I was moving a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so how do people find out how to work with you? <laughs> all right so yeah well listen i am most of my time on instagram so you can go there at money mindset expert and just send me a dm i'm always up for a good talk i work mainly with female entrepreneurs but one-on-one work is always there um let's just just start talking about money please that's the only like if anything if you do something if you want to change something today just go into the dms and let's just start talking about what's happening because something like this may come up just by talking about it right i mean we're barely an hour into this and you know i don't know if you do free sessions or how long they are if you do but like yeah <laughs> we, we weren't focusing on my money story either we were focusing on okay right. how can we communicate money stories to the listeners right like <laughs> honestly as much as i know there's a lot more that we can say i kind of just want to wrap it up here because that was just yeah. such a high beautiful note love it i i do want to ask however for those that are hard set on doing things themselves what recommendation or, or you know just those that are not in a position to do coaching yet um <laughs> yeah but my previous self was like excuse me (laughs) (laughs) maybe can't do coaching at the moment because of money stories um anyways what recommendations do you have for those that want to try things themselves before maybe hiring someone right um so first of all again uh go uh, into my dms and consume i put a lot of work so that can help you um it depends on what you like uh, how you like to consume um, the content there is amazing books there are um amazing podcasts i am a podcast host myself uh the happy and wealthy podcast it really it's everywhere but it uh, it depends on what you want help with um and i only can know that if you tell me like what you're looking for so come into my dms tell me what's happening and i can point you to the best resources to the best of my knowledge uh, that i know that it's a lot of people um getting 
great books, great podcasts uh, that you can listen to. Awesome. I think the cool thing about that that isn't necessarily apparent on the surface is you're not taking just a one-size-fits-all approach. And, okay, here's the main problem and blah, blah, blah. Here's how to fix this. Okay, what are you doing? Right. And yeah. I love that you're no. offering that, you know, just somebody DM you and say, hey, yo, this, that, the other, blah, blah, blah. How's that? Like, where should that go? And, right. you know, obviously for some people, the answer is going to be work with you because you're phenomenal money coaches. We just demonstrated. <laughs> <laughs> I like, like, I can't stress this enough. I've addressed this story before. And the yeah. way that you just, the energy you brought and the way you, said things it opened my mind in such a way that it was like okay what if i look at it like this and i was like <laughs> catalytic yes. element alejandra <laughs> coming <laughs> in change of money stories <laughs> yeah it, no no def definitely it's uh listen it, personal finances are as personal as you are yeah. whoever wants to put you in a frame please don't because that's not how we are such an beautiful individuals. <laughs> we mm -hmm. have to give it that way. You are, you are your own world and that's how I work. Yeah. And I love how you're also like, you know, there's going to be people that aren't going to want to work with you or aren't ready to work with you. And it's like, okay, right. try these podcasts, try these books, try these other people. And right. So. <sighs> Oh, awesome. I, you know, what else do you say after that, right? <laughs> after having just said that, I will ask any last words you'd want to add here. Yeah. For those listening. That's, no, that's all. Thank you so much for having me here. Absolutely. Um, thanks for being on today, Alejandra. Really appreciate it. And for the listeners, remember you can rewrite your stories and hopefully this conversation was, you know, one of those catalytic elements for you to where it was just like, you know, maybe you took a pause right when I was having my big aha and you're just like, okay, what is it for me? Or maybe you take that pause right now and you're just like, okay, what is it for me? I, if you listen to this, there's no way you haven't had at least two memories show up that had to do with money. Look at those. Think, okay, what way can I see this differently? What, 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 because that's what I just did. I'm like, okay, well, like the estate was blown up. That's obviously not good. Oh, wait, they had an estate. We were estate owners. We are estate owners. Okay, that's one thing. And then a little bit of right. allowing myself to think that way. Boom. My family lived in Beverly Hills, California. Maybe I should have clarified that earlier. It was Beverly Hills, California, not Beverly Hills, you know. Wisconsin. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that there's another Beverly Hills, but anyways, it was the Beverly Hills. Right. And you take a look. See see what you can change. And again, thank you so much, Alejandra. Listeners, you can rewrite your stars. Just how can you shift that story in some way? And it doesn't have to disqualify or deny the facts of the matter or the facts as you understand them or believe mm -hmm. them <laughs> it can right. go hand in hand with it and it can still end up here so all right we'll see you guys next week thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today i hope that you've been able to gain that missing piece or get that gold nugget you've been needing to continue rewriting your life how you want it to work until next time, I'm Benjamin Fincher, helping you to rewrite your stars.